Welcome everybody again to Creators Grab Coffee. Today we're joined by Matthew from Capture the Moment Media, a company that partners with brands to create video content and strategies that drive real results. Matthew, welcome. Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? It's going pretty good, Matthew. How's everything with you over in Vancouver? It's great. We have had some uh, some rare sunny weather this time of year. So uh, it's been, yeah, it's been good. Busy. Things are getting back to normal. Clients are getting antsy. They want to get some videos cooking. So we've been busy. It's been a super busy start to the year. Everybody's been in hibernation. Uh, March is usually the time where everybody just kind of comes out of uh, where they've been hiding, you know? <laughs> so all the plans are yeah. ready. <laughs> exactly. The quarterly exactly. are ending. Yeah, totally. So I've had a lot of that where it's like, we're not quite ready to get everything done, but can we pay you by the end of March? And I'm always like, yep, that's pretty easy. Just, uh, you can pay me anytime. So <laughs> <laughs> if it's green, I'll take it. Yeah, Why exactly. Not, right? <laughs> Before we dive a little bit further in Matthew, just give a, give our audience a little bit of a, a quick summary of like who you are and who is capture the moment media. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I run capture the moment media with my partner, John. Um, so we've been doing this for God, like, uh, just, just over 12 years now, but well, the beginning's kind of foggy were we a business were we just some dudes with some cameras who knows we had that um, same so thing we'll... happen with us like we, <laughs> we we i think we actually spoke about it on the show how like we didn't really we we feel like last year was like our first official year as like a fully fledged business versus everything <laughs> yeah. before that it just felt like we were two freelancers just trying trying to find our way in the film in the video production totally. industry working together <laughs> totally. I still, I, I still feel that way pretty much every day, but um, yeah, when you, as soon as you get the ink at the end, I guess that's official, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so we started this business back around 2010, uh, right when the DSLRs were coming out and, uh, and getting pretty big and realizing, man, we can make some amazing films and, you know, just pop down to London drugs and buy one of these cameras and, and get cooking. So uh, we had a friend that was getting married and we were like, let's try our hand at that. And we really got into weddings and it was a great way for us to kind of, um, you know, collaborate, uh, feel the pressure of trying to deliver for somebody on a really important event. So you kind of learn a lot that way. Um, but just kind of working with people and, and, and having the freedom to be creative on weddings. I think couples like to try to give you that as well. So we learned a lot and then we sort of transitioned around 2013, 14, we transitioned into more commercial work. And that's pretty much been our main business for the last, uh, you know, four years or so. Um, so we do everything from, you know, animated projects to, uh, you know, narrative based stuff. We do uh, interviews and voiceovers and drone stuff and the whole thing. So we kind of do, uh, we kind of do whatever our clients are looking for. Um, but for us, I think, um, the thing that we try to do to separate ourselves from other video companies that might come along is we really try to figure out what our clients' goals are, what their pain points are, and how the videos that we're making are actually helping them. Because I know when we first started making videos uh, in the commercial world, because you do a wedding film and the couple loves it, and maybe you get another booking from that and you think you've done a great job. Uh, in the commercial world, you make a great video, you have a great experience with the client, you're really proud of it. But if you don't have, if there's not a real purpose behind it, it doesn't do much for the client. And then down the road, they don't hire you again. And you go, why? They loved everything. It was because we didn't really explore why we were making this video. It had like five likes on YouTube on my mom. 
she likes everything uh <laughs> and a comment from mom uh and john's mom but uh you know so it was like that was the big moment for us to realize if we can do a great job for our clients make great videos but also make videos that are actually helping them and are worth the money then we're going to be able to continue those relationships so that's the kind of thing we stress all the time when we meet uh, our clients is that enough yeah, yeah. hey that's that's that covers a lot of there's like so much to unpack there i mean like from the beginning it sounds like you kind of went through the same journey we did but then you like guys also started in the yeah like, like what do we go down like, the list how many of us have all started in weddings you know like I, I, yeah I feel oh like yeah only one or two haven't that we've interviewed so yeah. far but it's just really funny to just see that uh, like that's always like kind of like the first steps and i even remember when i first picked up the camera i was thinking to myself yeah maybe weddings you know it's a good place to start <laughs> Is, oh really you thought that from the beginning i didn't even cross my mind well, I thought yeah. of it like earlier on because uh, before Dario and I started working together, I was kind of working on my own for about a year, year and a half or so. And I thought, I mean, that I, I was curious about weddings, you know, because I, you know, I, I've heard that a lot of people do it and I just wanted to kind of see what was what it was all about. And then it just kind of came by later. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's just it's just funny to hear that it's a lot of similarities in that. I remember well, Carol I just. I remember Carol just uh, called me one day. He's like, hey, I got in with this wedding company. They need another guy. Like, let's come, come on so we can do some, <laughs> some of these shoots together. I was like, okay, yeah. sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's amazing how, I mean, there's so much, there there's so much work involved and there's so much like, you know, you have to know about sound. You have to know about, you have to know how, about where to go and to get the best lighting really quickly. But you also know how to have to, compose shots really fast and and know what the right moments are and know what to look for and think about your edit at the same time there's so much that just one filmmaker is doing it's a great way to sort of learn um so i'm, su I'm super grateful for being able to start in weddings and learn all of that and then sort of bring it to our commercial clients so we can you know not let people down when we're doing big fifty hundred thousand dollar projects because i think a lot of those lessons from the weddings have sort of come over over here but um yeah yeah no it's it's interesting you mentioned that because like one thing that we noticed early on uh was that we wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on the commercial side like weddings was never like uh, a type of direction that we took you know as a business more so freelancing uh because we always thought that you know like if you start in weddings then people are going to only see you as that wedding company and that's why uh, we always focused uh, made laps uh, focus on commercial and corporate type projects so I'm just curious, how did you transition from like the weddings to the commercial? Did it, was it almost like as if you completely went to a, like find a completely new set of clients or did you find people through weddings that kind of helped you transition through Like, what was the, what was the story behind that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, um, uh, I don't know. We, we honestly, like when we first got started, a lot of people probably are familiar with like still motion and, and those guys. And now they're muse storytelling and Patrick and uh, all those great guys and we we got so much inspiration from them early on because they made amazing wedding films and we were like we want to make films like that and then they started transitioning into commercial work and they were offering education and we kind of got involved in that and started going yeah like maybe we could make commercial films as well um and we were always kind of outside the box thinkers i think as much as i love telling wedding stories um i love making a personal film about a couple but you know you're still kind of in that box of like these are the things that have to happen on a wedding day, generally speaking. And you're trying to find a story within that. I think it was exciting for my partner and I to be able to think about 
doing totally different stuff and getting inspired by other starting to just get inspired by other videos that were weddings getting inspired by all sorts of other filmmakers and also learning that a lot of those guys like you said also came from weddings and and then you'd start reading and you hear their stories on why they transitioned and it just got to a point for us where we were like creatively we're a little stale i feel like um financially i think there's more opportunity in the commercial world uh, and just like quality of life, I think sustainable. I think you can create a more sustainable business. Um, we felt doing this. So, and we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to branch out a little bit. So that's kind of why we did it. And then I think the, how the transition took place was it was just, we still, it's funny you mentioned like people just think of you as a wedding filmmaker um, if you're not careful or so, cause we, our website, we updated our website, but we had weddings and commercials on there thinking, some of our best videos are weddings. So that'll help us get commercial clients. But the truth was most of the time people, as soon as they saw a wedding video, they went, well, they don't do what I need, even though it was like, oh, we definitely could do what you need. And then I found wedding couples would come and see a commercial film and go, oh, they're not really like the wedding people. And we were, and so we were kind of like in no man's land. So yeah, so it wasn't the best. Um, and there was a, I had, talks with clients who were like we were so close to not booking you guys because we saw weddings and thankfully we talked to you and realized you were cool and so anyway um so we split up our websites and then eventually just decided let's just stop doing weddings completely just kind of phase that out and then just fully focused on the commercial side of the business and um yeah i mean i, I do enjoy i still enjoy doing the weddings but i haven't done you know since we had a couple booked in 2020 and those are going to be the last ones and then COVID hit and i didn't do a wedding for a couple of years um but i think you know just the commercial work has just provided so much more opportunity so much more uh chance to be creative and to work with other creatives and contractors and it's been uh it's been a great move so yeah you get your weekends back too isn't that a nice benefit mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah well you guys i, I have some kids and, and a wife are you guys have kids wives any uh, we have girlfriends. Not we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, that's that. That's funny. Like, because I when I uh, I used to work in the film industry when I first started out, and uh, I didn't have a girlfriend. I was just kind of like working those seventeen hours a day and just kind of running around. Um, and then once I met a girl I wanted to hang out with more, I thought I love filmmaking and all that. But how do I find a job where I'm not gone? You know every single hour for an entire week you know so uh that was kind of i think why i got into doing the wedding stuff and then like you say i want the weekends to spend with the family and um and now commercial work i can work during the week and it's great what was like one of the first uh like major challenges that you found i mean well you i guess you kind of already explained that briefly of um of you know like you were trying to do weddings and commercials under the same brand but like once you started focusing and diving more into the commercial side of things what was something that you learned very quickly that you didn't expect um i think kind of maybe mm, i think a little bit of like uh so i guess um um, how do I articulate this? Sort of kind of what I was touching on earlier, maybe in the sense that I think um, when you do a wedding film, you're not thinking about marketing it. You're not thinking about how it's actually solving problems or selling a product or making people money. You're thinking about um, just making a great video for a couple people who are going to watch it till they get super old. And uh, well, as long as we still, that was funny. We, 
we we rebranded and we made all these DVDs and Blu-rays and we were super excited. They printed on them. They looked amazing, all these cases. And then our buddy came over and was like, um, isn't that like a dead technology now? So with weddings, I was like, you know, however they watch them, hopefully they can still watch them down the road. But that's that's kind of where your mindset was. And you were just trying to make the best video you could. Um, and then on the commercial side, I found it wasn't as much about, um, this sounds a little bad to say, but it wasn't so much about the quality of the video and, um, and all of that. It was a little bit more about the results. And that's a little bit more what I found uh, our clients were, were into. That was a bit of a transition for us. So it was just figuring out we want to do great work. We want to attract those clients that appreciate that. Um, but yeah, we need to make sure these videos are actually working for them. Um, so yeah, that does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot about results, but like that really depends on how the client is marketing the videos, right? Because you are providing like the, the product, it's up to them to kind of push it on their end. So how do you kind of um, decide, like, like if you're saying like, yeah, how do you communicate it to the client to say like, okay, like I'm going to give you this product and it's going to do well, but only if you market it, right? So like, yeah. how does that work? Great question, Dario. Uh, <laughs> so um, okay, so it all kind of starts for us, like with a discovery call, which is where we, uh, so we hop on Zoom with our clients and we really, because a lot of times people do, I just need an estimate, just send me an estimate. And that's our first opportunity to really be able to connect with them, but also be able to really detail what it is they need. And sometimes people don't always really know what they need and they just know they need a video, but they don't know why. So I think when we have this, um, we have this discovery call, we're really able to figure out the why and create the parameters so we can create an estimate or we can bring them into our, our blueprint workshop where we're able to actually like have them pay us for our ideas. So we do that. Um, so we figure out where they are and, and if they don't have a strategy, we talk about that and we go, well, do you have a strategy for, um, why you're making this video? And if they go, oh, not really, then we can guide them there to our strategy workshop where we can actually bring strategy in early and figure out, okay, so if you're going to make these videos, um, like what are, what are your big goals? And then what kind of a video do we need to make? Is it a video that's going to be 30 seconds, 15 seconds? Is it a long form video? Is it going on YouTube? Um, what are the metrics we need to pay attention to? So these are all things that we can sort of get in that strategy workshop. If the client already has marketing team and all of this, um, it's amazing how often people still don't give that stuff enough thought. So for us jumping in and saying, these are all the things it sounds like you need. So if we make this kind of video, it should solve your problems based on what I'm hearing. Uh, and it just puts you in a way better spot in terms of being able to actually like create a video that's going to work for them. If they decide not to market the video or if they drop the ball down the road and we're not marketing it for them, there's, you know, there's really not much, um, you know, there's really not much we can do. Um, but if we're bringing these things up early and we're creating a video that's going to work for them, there's a much better chance it will be successful. So would, what would you say? Yeah, yeah. What would you say your, your success rate is with that? Because <clears throat> we often run into this issue where like, you know, they reach out to us, like a lead might reach out to us and they're just like, look, we're just collecting estimates, this or that. Like we, we, we obviously try to get them on like a discovery call as well. Try to see what their overarching goals are and how we can kind of help them with video. But oftentimes I feel like 
the amount of people that are willing to kind of go through that process to then go through like the right way to um, uh, solve their problem is a lot smaller than the people that just want to want something quick. Like, I don't know, something came up on their end. They just need to get this type of video out there. They don't care, whatever. Like this well, is their budget. What client that is, right? Like it, it's a client that's not willing to put in the work in the pre-production. I think we've talked about this before where like if they don't want to even be willing to hop on a call promptly with you to kind of explain their issue. It's like, what other issues are going to come down the line? You never know, right? No, like they'll, they'll explain their, their issue and everything. But at the end of the day, they don't have either like the budget or the time to be able to properly market it. It doesn't come out of a place of like, they are just not going to do it because whatever. Oh, okay. It just, that's what you meant. Yeah. It mostly comes from a place of constraints. So that's kind of what we're dealing with a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, um, I think, you know, even just getting a chance to bring that up to them, like, again, um, usually, like, I won't say no, if you don't have a marketing plan, I won't work with you. We don't, we don't do that. Um, but it's good in that discovery call to get a chance to bring it up. Right. And to be able to go like, what is your, what is your plan for this video? And if they go, well, we don't really have much marketing. Our, our goal is kind of just to, I don't know, just throw it up on the website. And it's like, okay, well, if it's going to go on the website, um, you know, what's going to be its purpose there. And, you know, just always getting behind that. And, um, and again, just kind of coming at it from a place of like, why are we making this video? How is it going to help? And just sort of really hammering that home. And then you become a little bit more of just a yes man. You become a little bit more of a partner. And if you show that those things are important, um, I think people notice that. So yeah, I mean, if they're not going to market it, um, you can talk about that in the call and, and see where we go from there. And you can bring up concerns and just be honest. And, and usually it helps build that relationship because, you know, in the weddings, unless one of the couple, one of the people gets divorced, you're probably not working with those people again. Right? So, <laughs> one time um, client, they, right? <laughs> yeah. The commercial world, I think like if you can build relationships with people, um, you it's just so much easier in terms of sales because you don't have to do as much marketing you don't have to spend as much money on that because you built that relationship you built that trust they know that you care about the result and they trust you more and and um so just kind of setting that groundwork up early i think people appreciate that but um, As, asking yeah. why is so important and then you can even keep re-asking it on the same question until you break it down to like such a basic answer yeah yeah Oh, for sure. Um, and that's it. I think like, you know, it comes to like, and we've watched a million, you know, podcasts. We still do on trying to get people's budgets and trying to like, how do you go about that? And then the whole sales approach. And, um, and there's all these tactics that you want to bring in and these things you want to check off in the call so that you can create clear expectations. If the client has a hundred thousand dollar budget, but you don't get their budget and then you pitch them something that's like $10,000 and they go, well, are we going to be able to make the Nike level video that we're looking for. And you're like, oh, I didn't think to include that much. Or, you know, or, or if the opposite is true where they go, um, you know, I, you pitch them on something that's a hundred thousand dollars and they go, why are you sending me this? I could never look at this. So it's about just getting communication clear in that meeting. And, and that's kind of a big way to sort of build trust. And, um, and then it's just about being honest, like just going like, I'm just trying to ask honest questions that are going to help me out too. Because if I don't know this stuff, it's gonna, this whole experience can be painful for you and for me. So let me just be honest and tell you what I think. So I don't have to 
you know, lie later, get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a good example of that actually is uh, something that happened recently where one lead reached out to reach out to us about potentially creating 12 animation videos and they wanted to do it all by April. And so for context, it's March 10th right now. And they wanted 12 animations done by early April. Let's say, let's give them April 7th even. In your professional opinion, is that doable? Yeah, no, it's tough. Yeah, that's like not, but like with character doable. animations, not easy ones, like character animations yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I guess what you need to look at there. I mean, it could be maybe for some studios, but like I know for for us, like time is always a thing, and that's a huge one. Clients are because that's part of. We have a bunch of things we'll ask in the call. We'll try to get their budget. We'll try to get the scope of the work goals all that, but we'll also talk about timeline and almost always people go, well, I'd like to have it, you know, sooner than later. And that's like, it's, it's pretty rare that people go like, I have this um, marketing plan for it to, to deliver on this exact date and that can't move. Um, and you're like, that's pretty rare. I find usually people sort of want it soon. So that's my opportunity to go. If you want this level of quality, um, it's not smart for us to, like do it on this timeline because we're all going to be rushed and we're all going to be stressed wouldn't it be better to wouldn't it be better to like take a few extra weeks even an extra month i know that sounds like a long time but they're but it's just going to make the entire experience so much better and we're going to get to what we need as opposed to doing it a month early for really no reason and it not being something that we're all super happy with and it was stressful to get there so so i'll ask those questions and if people come back and go um, no, no, it has to be on this date. And then I'll go, okay, well, let me think on it. Let me look at our schedule. And then I'll assess like, is this going to be the worst experience or is there a way I can maybe find a way to get there and, and still make it. And then you kind of make that judgment call, but, um, yeah. Yeah. That you pretty much nailed it on the head. That's exactly kind of how it went with, uh, with me and, and this lead. I was trying to explain to them about like, you know, you want to do all this stuff. It's very specific, you know, long videos with character animations and you want it all done by April. And it's it's fine if it's maybe one or two, but they wanted 12 and they're all different topics and things like that. Like usually pre-production alone for something like that could take, could even take up to a month, depending, you know, the back and forth, you know, getting approvals, this and that, getting the animators, the illustrators, everyone all together. And then I told them, like, this is what's realistic for you guys is to maybe go with this approach of like, if you did one a month and you guys can do something really great with it, and this is roughly what it will cost. And uh, uh, I told them, if even if you're looking at other companies, you know, I'm just letting you know, that's probably what you should expect if you want a good, a good product. Like we don't do animations that often uh, as a company We're we're dipping into it a little bit more and we work with a few different animators. So we already had like a few people we wanted to recommend to them, but I think they found someone already to kind of go with. So I don't know what that ended oh, up. Oh, they being, found someone. They did. Well, they said that they chose, they chose, I actually got the email this morning where they're like, uh, like, well, we, we've decided to go another way, you know, that typical email from a client. And it's like, okay, I mean, I hope it works out for you. If you got someone yeah, to well, for, for 12 cut, cut was it? Uh, there's, there's one, I, there's one, um, one podcast I listen to, it's called, uh, or it used to be called Studio Sherpas, but they've like changed. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys. Um, I think they changed it to the Grow Your Video Business podcast. But basically, um, that they talk about these kinds of things all the time, and that's fun to get into. But like in that situation, right, you've, you've met the client, you've, you were honest with them about what you think 
this requires someone else, some other co company came along and just was hungry and they wanted the job and they probably didn't think about the expectations of it all. And they probably got in over their heads. That's a good chance. That's what happened. And they said them, they told them everything they wanted to hear. And then that client was like, okay, great. We'll hire them. Um, it's really good to be able to have a system where you can follow up with that client in a few, like when you know that, and when usually what we do is we'll go, okay, so you know, when that project is due. So you told me you needed it in a month or whatever. Right. Um, so we have a platform we've used called pipe drive where we can keep track of all of our clients as they come in. And then we can, um, I can send you guys a link to it later, but, uh, and then you can schedule follow-ups and tasks just in there. So you keep it away from your other, um, your other sort of, uh, you know, platforms that you're using to schedule projects, you keep it as its own thing. And then you go in and you go in one month, I'm going to follow up with these people and you have like a canned response and then you customize it and you go, well, how did that project go? I'm just curious. Like, did, did it all get done on time? And were you super happy with how it looked? And almost always in those situations, people go, oh, you know, we decided to hold off on it and not do it. Or, you know, and the best, <laughs> best scenario for your business uh, sad for the other guys is for them to have a bad experience and go, yeah, it was just really rushed. And it, you know, it just didn't really work out very well. And then you can go, okay, well, if you're still interested in that guide them somewhere else. And then like to your, bring them back into your pipe drive pipeline. And um, so, you know, just, if they're not going to do what you think is going to work, find a way to sort of prove them that you were right later. <laughs> it's a nice way of saying I told you so, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then those guys can go, oh man, like, um, like we'll, we're trying to do more webinars now. We're just going to start to get into that, but like guide people to that kind of stuff and go, this client should have had a strategy and they didn't. Um, let's have them come join our free webinar where we can talk more about that and build that trust. And then maybe one day that client will go, I really want to book a strategy with you guys. And now they become a great client. So it just takes time. You just need to have a lot of, you know, a lot of, I don't know, there needs to be a lot of fish in the pond, I guess. And uh, yeah. But. The webinar idea is pretty genius, actually, because it is better than just saying like, I told you so type of uh, email response. It's kind of like, hey, like I kind of mentioned it might go this way, but luckily we do these like webinar events and I'd love for you to join. That's that's actually really, that's really smart. I like that idea. When did you guys start that? Uh, well, we've just started to do it now. Like we're actually prepping for our first one in uh, in April. Um, so, you know, my mom might be on it and a couple other people, but. <laughs> You're going to get at least one like. <laughs> everywhere, right? Is she yeah. going to see this? Is she going to be the yeah. first one to comment on this uh, podcast video? To share it. I'll share it as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I was on the TikToks, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think uh, it's something like, you know, we, we're like so many other, we're like every other business, like you're, you're so busy working in your business. And right now is like the busiest start of the year that we've ever had. And, and, but we're still trying to like reach those business goals. So we always try to make sure we're creating time for that. Um, and the webinar was one of those things, solving that problem, like instead of being kind of douchey and going like, how did it work out? And they go, not well. And like, well, you should have listened to us. Peace. It's like, instead of doing that, you can be like, Oh man, that's too bad. Um, you know, like, I think we had talked a bit about strategy. We actually have a webinar coming up in a month. Like there's a link you can join. It's like a half hour. It's free. You get a few things out of it and you know, I don't know, that might help. And boom. And then it's like, you're giving a service and you're not coming across as douchey. And maybe one of those people does actually join the webinar because they've already met you and, 
and they still realize they need video and blah, blah, blah. So I'd rather be the one, like I'm going to work with a client and make a few bucks, but then it's going to be a terrible experience and they're never going to want to work with me again. I'd rather be the guy that doesn't make that money now, but long-term develops it into a good relationship. Right. So anyway, you're using, you're using a strategy. It's, it's a smart approach. Yeah. And I like also what you mentioned about, uh, you know, like sometimes we, we tend to focus a lot more, like a, a lot on the client projects, but you know, it's all, uh, sometimes difficult to also, uh, focus on the biz on working on the business itself. One thing that I do as a mindset is like, treat the business as your most demanding client. That's a good way. <laughs> That's a good to idea. And I like when, you that. Start, when you start to do that, then it's like, okay, what does laps need for me today? It's like, oh, laps is calling again. This is annoying. <laughs> and now we have creatives grab coffee, another sub client that we got to work on. And it's just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, is that like, yeah, what do you guys do to kind of stay on top of the business side? I'm curious, like, because it is, it's funny, we're doing a couple projects for some clients right now that are for their, um, they're not videos. Um, they're more like internal videos where they, they're making them like a, bro, a promo video for them, but they often do like um, other kinds of videos with us that are more time uh, sensitive. And the videos that we're doing with them, I feel like the schedules have just gotten like totally out of hand because they're just like, I can just tell they're busy and they're just like, that's our project. There's no timeline, whatever. And I know what that's like, because when we have something that we're working on for ourselves, we often push it to the back burner because we're super busy with our own clients. What do you guys do to sort of stay on top of that? We're on, that we're in the same boat. As yeah. You. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing, for example, with the, for example, with this podcast that we're doing is we know we want to keep to a consistent schedule of one episode released every week. So that's at least our, our goal to keep going. So we noticed that February, March, it's like, not that it was downtime, but we had a little bit more uh, open days where we can start scheduling more and more um, guests. So like, for example, we had like three or four in February. In March, we have like about six to eight different guests as well, um, that we're, that, including yourself, uh, that we're interviewing. And that way, you know, like... Um, no, no, no. March, March, we have nine guests total. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tomato, tomato. But the point is we, we've Big done difference. more than say, four, <laughs> than say four for that month, right? So like if ever we need, like um, we'll always have um, enough content ready to go. If say there's like a very busy week where we can't schedule an interview, then we can still have enough content to kind of put it there. So we're trying to kind of uh, maximize out our time uh, when there's like a, a little bit of a break between major client projects. Because January we were busy. We didn't have time to work on anything for the business. Uh, and so now we realize, okay, if in case a project like that comes around, what can we do so that the business can kind of keep, you know, moving forward uh, a little bit uh, more without us needing to be like fully dived into it at that moment? That's like one example of how we're kind of trying to do that. Carol's painting a very flowery picture, but the honest truth is that whew, we're trying to find our grounding because especially with the, the, the relaunch of this show, I think this month has just been a process of trying to see how we can fit it into our schedules where it's like we it doesn't get pushed off as soon as something else comes in so yeah we are kind of trying to do a lot of guest episodes now at least the shooting aspect since we have a, a bit more downtime i know it's going to get busier in the coming months so uh there's that and then we we have to like edit one once a week so we're, we're trying to we're still trying to find our footing but so far it's it's smooth sailing like the way we're kind of dividing it up is we are focusing a lot on this show 
And then for our own content, we have a series of vlogs that are planned uh, and we're trying to kind of do more like uh, shoot uh, several of those in one day just so we don't have to worry about scheduling those in and whatnot but it's it's a struggle man like anyone that says like oh yeah i have it down to a t i think is lying (laughs) there's so much that comes up like last like like this morning we were just going back and forth on like trying to figure out these like small little things for this show like um the thumbnail covers and that took a little bit of time too and that was like two hours wasted yeah it's like it's it's two hours wasted but you know i think once like for example once the show is like after this month i think we'll have everything kind of like um what do you call it kira like we'll have everything kind of uh, not automated but it's kind of automated kind um, of it's, it's kind of like ready to go we got a system in place like a structure for it to a system and yeah yeah system in place uh, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a matter of just finding a system for each task that you have to do. And I mean, with each episode that we do, there's one extra thing that gets added to the list of things you need to do for the business. Like uh, I remember when we had Judo from Black White Media, he was talking about proposals, and that was like the big, the big, the big takeaway uh, from that. So we we're trying to work on improving our portfolio. Our uh, ideas are a curse. Proposal game. <laughs> And then now you're mentioning webinars. <laughs> now you're mentioning webinars. and Well, you hit on a good point because it's like, I think some people might think, well, if you're busy, because it's like, I'm so busy, I can't work on my business. Um, people might go, well, why? who cares? You're busy. You're making money. But it's like, yeah, but busy, I've always sort of thought busy isn't good if it's not, like if it, if it, if there's, um, if there's no structure to it and I'm, it's chaos and I'm just so busy just bicycling around to get stuff done and I don't have any systems and I'm an everyman and I'm doing everything. I'm emailing everybody. I'm um, exporting this video and I'm just cleaning my camera lenses because I'm going to go out and shoot this thing. And I, I'm like doing everything and then I have no life and I'm grumpy. And it's like, well, you're busy. You're making money. Aren't you happy? It's like, no, I'm not because I don't, I don't, the business isn't where I want it to be. And the only way I can get it to where I want it to be is if I spend time on the business um how do i do that right so busy is like a relative term right like people busy is good and people always say that busy is good it's like it's it's good and it also is terrible it depends on your you know point of view i guess right um and that's always been my big thing yeah i thought of another analogy you know it's like (laughs) it's like when you're working you know and you and you haven't worked on the business it's like neglecting your kid you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like you come home it's like i haven't seen your kid in weeks it's like oh when did you lose a tooth oh my god what's happening <laughs> yeah exactly and though that's when that when you have kids and you're working like crazy that's what happens you neglect your kids it's like uh, like actually is what happens because you're like i'm too busy i i got i've only made all these promises to people and then who gets who gets the short end of the stick it's your family right so which is totally not fair so that's always kind of been my thing is how can I create a good balance in the business and how can we be making projects that we're proud of um, being profitable and working on the business and having systems where we're actually like getting closer to being able to step away more and not be so tied to it. And slowly but surely it's getting better. I think the last few months of crazy busyness has been a good example of that where I've still been able to, you know, I know my kid's name still and, uh, it's like I always think about that that scene in Home Alone when they're in the bus and he's like 
Eddie. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know who his kid is. <laughs> it's like all of us as filmmakers are like that traveling polka band in uh, in that Home Alone movie, where you're just like, it's like, man, like we don't see our families at all. We're just on the road uh, all the time. And I think you can get caught in that as an entrepreneur if you're not careful. And balance for most people is pretty key, right? So. You need you need to start delegating stuff. I think that's the only way to do it. Because if you're running your own business, you're never gonna have like a a, a period of time where you're like, oh, I can get everything that I need to get done for this business done today. Like it, it, it's just a never-ending stream of things you need to do. And I think it, yeah, like if you try to do it yourself, good luck because you're gonna sacrifice uh, time in other places. So I think yeah, being able to delegate tasks to other people is the only way to really get on top of those things, but there's always going to be something else that you need to do that you just don't have time for. And because, and because of that, and because of that, you have to learn to delegate, as you mentioned, because before we, when we were freelancing basically together, we were basically working all the time, weekends as well, you know, odd, odd hours as well. And it was just kind of tough to get that balance. As you were mentioning, there was no system in place to kind of separate the work from the personal. And once we started delegating more, especially like giving a lot of the editing work uh, to other people to do, that opened up so much more time. And that's why we're, we now have the energy to be working on content for ourselves and for like, for example, this uh, podcast show. Because if we were also editing the whole time, when are we going to have the time to do anything else? And like, I feel like one thing we noticed with your business is you guys have really grown a huge team. Do you feel like that's really helped kind of take a lot of the pressure off of you now? Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, yeah, and just having, trying to have and continuously working on systems so that like, yeah, it's great to have somebody help you out, but if they're not doing the job right, um, then what's the, you know, it's like, what's the point? You're just paying them for something that, it's, you know, that you always have that feeling, but, you know, can you do this? And then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's not right. yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it. And it's like, you need to take time to build systems out and go, you know, I have an entire workflow from, you know, discovery call all the way to the very, very last thing that we do that every single task is detailed out with why we're doing this, who does this, uh, you know, links to different apps we need, uh, you know, canned emails, so that we're just trying to like, refine it as best we can. Um, so systems are huge. And then yeah, having and then once you can create those systems, and your business is doing okay, you can bring some people in and drop them into those systems. And so that's been helpful for us. And it's yeah, totally an ongoing process to try to make it work. Um, but spending time on those systems has helped for sure. So um, because we, we, when we were first um, kind of in like 2013, 14, we got an office, wedding business was going amazing. We were, uh, and we just finished, we just, we just went full time. We, we quit our other jobs. And then we got an office, we hired like four people, five people. Um, and we just were like, yeah, let's do this. We're like a big, big time video business. And we're, and it was like, totally not the right thing to do. Like, you know, we had, we'd have a meeting in our coffee shop being like, oh man, like, I don't know how we're going to pay all these people. And like, we just got way in over our heads. Right. And it was just like, totally just vulnerable being honest. And, and I, um, and we realized like, we're not ready for that yet. We might be really busy but we're not structured to be able to do it properly um we need to revamp things so my partner took on the that's why it's great to have a partner and we're kind of wired differently um so 
he took on the business side, figured out all of our financial stuff so that we we're actually being profitable and doing all the right things. And tax season wasn't a pain in the butt anymore. Um, worked on systems. And I just took over and led all the projects that we had going on and started hiring contractors and bringing people in and working with them, you know, really closely to get everything done. And so that's kind of how we divided and conquered. And so we kind of started to create a business that was more profitable and functional um, and then started contracting people out. So we weren't worried about paying everybody every single paycheck if we had a slow month or whatever the case is. Um, and that was a great way to go. And then slowly building up to where we can start to then hire people uh, in roles. But um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love contractors though. It's great. Like if you can work with people regularly and, um, if they're good at what they do and they can fall into your structure, but also bring their own thing into it, um, you can pay them well, but you don't have to pay them for the entire year. So <laughs> we love using contractors. Yeah. It's good to feel them out too and get a sense of working with people because there's nothing worse than hiring someone, you know, because you thought that they'd be a good fit. And then when you actually start working with them, it's like, oh my God, they're a nightmare. Whereas with contracting, you, you find people that you like, oh, like this guy, I think we could actually do something really good together and then, you know, uh, work a little more consistently after that. But uh, how big now has your team kind of gotten? You said you started off with mostly contractors and now is it, is it like, what's the core team? Yeah, I mean, we have, a, we have an editor, we have a marketing uh, manager, we have an assistant marketing manager, we have a, a studio manager uh, who is also like a producer on sets a lot and then myself and John, and then we actually don't have a, a DP or uh, like on staff because we'd love to at some point. But I think what, we, what we've done is we built all these great relationships with different uh, cinematographers that have different gear and different styles. And I think for us, it's been nice to be able to go, um, we got a project coming up and as soon as it's booked, I'll message the person I think is best for it that I work with all the time. And we have a good shorthand with the team and, and, and that's how it works. So that's been great. Um, so not like a massive team, but definitely like, you know, we, and we have our regular contractors, like we have a assistant slash behind the scenes guy who comes to all of our shoots. We have makeup people and other producers we work with and other editors we work with. So, um, but our core team is trying to prioritize what are the daily jobs that it's hard to contract somebody out. So like Nicole, our studio manager is huge because she's, she's the one sending out all the invoices. She's the one scheduling things. She's the one touching base with clients as the project's moving along, sending all the emails out. It's difficult to contract someone like that out because she's so involved in everything. Um, and then me, like I, I'm the creative director. So I oversee all the projects and make sure that creatively they're all up to par and that we're meeting the client's goals and, and that I'm the touch point for the client on the creative side. So those are also like, it's hard to contract someone out for that. Um, you know, down the road, we'll figure out ways to, to do that. But I'd love to be able to replace my job and hire someone to do my job at some point. That's kind of the big goal, right? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we have it uh, structured at the moment. So what are you, you going to do when you're able to finally replace yourself? Would you just take a step back and just go on a beach or... Yeah, totally. Uh, I'll change this backdrop to the Hawaiian beach backdrop when I'm already there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I love what I do. Um, I guess for me, like, I'm always just looking for more time. Like, that's just always been my big thing. And um, so if I had someone doing what I do daily and it opened time up for myself, um, I could just spend more time working on the business. Um, but I could also 
uh, take on more passion projects, I think, as a director. Because um, that's one thing that I, I do like being out on, on set, but I want to be doing the kinds of projects that I'm really passionate about. Um, we've, in that kind of getting back to that conversation of working on the business, um, you know, we're always talking about passion projects and we've done a handful over our time, but every year we're like, all right, this year, big goal. Uh, passion project and then we never do it right so uh <laughs> Girl, how busy. familiar does that sound yeah <laughs> <Flash So>, <laughs> uh, so this year we we were like well let's let's try an approach where we can create some accountability for ourselves and so we um my partner and i are sort of dividing and conquering so he's doing a passion project in the first quarter i'm doing one in the second quarter um we've given ourselves a budget we've we've really like made ourselves feel like if you don't get this done, um, you're a terrible person. So I think we put the work in to really um, add accountability between the two of us. And we're working on one right now for a company in BC here where we're going to Tofino, um, if you know where that is, like on the end of the island. And we're doing a, it's like sort of a beach town on the, on the most west side of Vancouver Island. So we're doing a, a shoot there and I'm directing it and he's, sort of taking the lead on the creative and uh yeah so we're we're getting going um and i think i would just spend more time doing that i think just if i could think about it right now um and i really want to tell this story okay let's let's just go do it the team's doing this and then hopefully the story that i make will help us make more videos like that down the road and then i can actually maybe get paid to direct a, a big project <laughs> that, uh, that is exactly the kind of thing i want to do so um yeah Carol and I are in the same boat all the time. Like I think at least once a week, we always go like, oh yeah, so we got to do this uh, this week and that next week. And then one of us always ends up saying, yeah, but when are we going to find time to do our passion projects? <laughs> one of the challenges is also being able to take the time to figure out what that passion project is because not so much do doing it is the issue because it would be very easy to just schedule the day get the editing done and all that stuff but it's a matter of being able to take the time to do the research to figure out what kind of topics you want to like kind of explore things like that because one thing that uh, we want to do is also short documentary work so and that is more like that's that needs a little bit more research than simply coming up with just a simple creative idea you know and just running with it right so there's like a mix of things but you got to find the time yeah i did a passion project that was like our biggest uh, viewed video uh, but it was like, um, I just, it, I didn't give it really any other thought than just, that's cool. I'll go do that. And it was for, a, it was like a friend of mine who makes these incredible like cakes that look like real things, but they're cake. And, uh, and we, and so we did a little passion project for her and just kind of did exactly what I wanted to do. Um, not super proud, like I'm proud of it, but like, it's not the kind of video would be on a website now because we did it a long time ago. But like, as soon as I didn't give it much thought in terms of like, oh, what market am I making this for? Or what, you know, like, how can I use this video to attract other business? Like, all good questions, but I was just passionate. I just did it. And, uh, and then it turned into like, we got a bunch of solid work with a bunch of different food-based companies and Vancouver-based on that video. Um, but my approach right now is I kind of have three months before my passion project so my prep is just giving those things you say, like I've created tasks for myself to try to think about those things. So what kind of videos do I love making? Think about that more, make a task, 
grab some inspiration, just go, remember, you love making these kinds of videos. And then what kind of industries would would work for these kinds of things? And um, just kind of having tasks to sort of help your brain wrap around what kind of passion project you would make um, so that you're kind of getting that part of it done. And then and then you get to the idea and then, like you say, you just kind of make it. So um, so trying it's uh, we'll come back to me in a year and see how this went. They'll be like, oh, we did the one. But then, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> It's also, it's anyway. hard to switch mindsets too, right? Because like, you know, when you are running a business, you're in the business mode mindset, right? But then if you want to do like a passion project, you got to switch to creative mindset. And it's so difficult to do. Like we, we, we have trouble doing that for like our work on, on the business. And sometimes we got to do creative stuff and it's like, ah, but I've been working on all this other admin stuff. I, I can't switch right away. I like, you got to like dedicate like the day for that. And it's, and I think it's like tenfold uh, difficult when you're uh, doing it for something that is like a passion project where it is just like, it's legit, just an extra thing that if you probably have a lot more important stuff you got to do, but they're also equally as important because they do allow you to, again, be more imaginative and you can probably, well, like in your case, you were able to get more, you were able to get work that you probably wouldn't have gotten through that thing. And you know, there's opportunities that arise from those ventures as well. Yeah. I mean, ultimately you, you do it because you just, you want to, you're passionate about filmmaking, but, and so that's the number one thing, but I guess the reason that you do it is to try to get you work in that, like, Hey, I made this video that I'm so proud of. It's my favorite thing ever. Pay me to make this for you. And that's why you do it. Um, but yeah, it's a good point you bring up of, I guess, about that balance and, uh, I'm more in that mindset of like, because I was doing that for a while where I was filming everything, directing everything, but also running the business, doing all the sales calls and and switching back and forth. And I think I kind of like being like 70 to 80% business sales, that kind of thing, working with the team. And then if I can do like 20% of my year where I'm going out and being creative and focusing on that and creating time for that, then yeah, that'd be amazing. I think that would be a good balance for me, but you have to, do the work and figure out what works for you right so maybe you hate the business and realize i'm just a great cameraman maybe this isn't for me maybe i should just contract myself out because that's what i'm happiest doing i don't like emailing i'm not good at it i don't like sales i just want someone to bring me cool projects that i can just dp and i'd be happy so i guess it's about figuring those things out right yeah, because you want to look back and uh, be proud of like some of the work that you've done. And, you know, every time like we look back at some of the projects we've done, it's like it's not that we're not happy with the work that we've created, but it's like you're not going to be super passionate about a financial company giving their you know, like quarterly um, uh, review like project, you know, versus, say, a short documentary about wingsuit skydivers. You know, that's such a huge contrast, that's, right? Sounds like a good one. I don't want to see that. Yeah, oh, we well, you can. We did it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is yeah. that on the website? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I, no, it's not. It's not on the website right now. Okay. Okay. We'll send you a link. So you we'll, can we'll send we'll send you the Vimeo link for it. Awesome. We we redid our whole website, so it just didn't fit any like any like particular spot that a client would be interested in clicking on. So we kind of just removed it from there. Sometimes you have to do that because it's like you got to look at your website through the eyes of a client. I feel like a lot of people don't do that. Like it's, you'll just see a bunch of stuff and you're like, you're like, clients don't know what that means and they don't care. Like you just need to 
given the information that they they can understand that's that's important to them especially yeah and you know one thing that uh, you mentioned about like making the time for the creative you know i'm just even thinking to myself right now like Dar and I have talked about like picking out like days or like times within the, the weeks where we just simply don't focus on anything business related, just kind of like watch some like creative projects, you know, like critique, you know, learn and just like brainstorm ideas, which is, which is good to have. We do that. Let's say we do that for like two, three hours. Then all of a sudden client A is calling with a crisis. Then client B is calling the other one for with another crisis. Like, oh no, you have to put out these fires and boom. There goes the creative time. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it's, um, do you guys use, um, did I, do we, I don't know, maybe, do you guys use Calendly? Do you use that? Like as a, as a I'm, meeting setup? I've been thinking about no, that. No, no, we've while. been, we're, we're a little more old school with all that stuff. Like we don't use a CRM or. We should. I, I know there's a bunch really of stuff. Should. There's like Trello and everything. Like, I think we just use Slack to communicate with each other and, and just everything else is like pretty. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say, though, just to kind of like, because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not super uh, technologically sound. It's more my partner um, and those kinds of tools. But, um, you know, I feel like you spend you waste so much time uh, if you're not if you're not disciplined, but if you're not if you're not organized and um, if you can go into your calendar and block out time and go, you know, what, every Thursday we're going to get together. We're going to have give ourselves three hours where we have a coffee and we come to the meeting with some things in mind to create that accountability and then we just get into it and just forget about everything else and make it sacred like unless one of the cameras is on fire and has set the building on fire one of the shoots we have going on we're not going to take any other calls because this is important it's so hard to do that but like if you use it like how calendly can help uh calendly sponsored <laughs> <That's my laughs> brought to you uh, by calendly yeah. <laughs> Use yeah, code Matt um, for ten percent off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the great thing about a tool like that, in terms of being efficient, is you can go in and create those blocks in your calendar and go like, clients are going to try to book calls with me, and I'm only going to show them times I'm free. Um, and and when we first started using it, we were like, I think we stopped using it because we found it was too complicated. But then we realized we just weren't organized uh, well enough in our actual calendar. So by being more organized in it, it actually then really worked well. We were also thinking like, oh, we're sending people a link. And then if there's no times available, they're going to be like, well, these guys are, are too busy to take a meeting with me or whatever. Um, if you give yourself, but that actually turns out to be a good thing, I find, because clients go, wow, these guys are busy. Um, there's only a few slots that I can book. And it's almost like more desirable in a way. So, um, so I'll block out time if I'm just like too busy. And then I'll go like, don't bug me. And unless something's, you know, burning down, I'm, I'm here doing this. And, but, you know, I still get pulled a thousand different directions too, but you just got to figure out ways to kind of make that time important. So, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to add that to the ever growing list of things we need to do. Another thing to do, <laughs> get a calendar organizer to organize, organize to get a calendar organizer. Well, if you're looking for an affordable and efficient calendar app, may I suggest Calendly? <laughs> I, need, I need another camera here where i can turn to it and go calendly uh, <laughs> and off code. Code oh there's code. my check oh. okay good <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean those that's kind of where my partner like i said earlier that's where my partner came in and was like where are we inefficient let he's like matt can you just like take care of all of our clients and projects and i don't i'm not even gonna look at anything give me like three months and i was like all right so and I kind of love that because I like just 
being involved in the projects and working with the clients. And then he did things like that. Like, man, this calendar thing is a problem. Like we're wasting all this time. What can we use? And he just like figured all that stuff out. And then we were able to sort of build off of that over the long haul. And so those little things definitely save time. And then every revisiting every so often and going, man, we're really inefficient here. I waste so much time with this. Like, how can I implement a system where this is going to save me time? Because yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, I think uh, we've been meaning to do Calendly for a while. And uh, definitely this is a little bit of a of the universe reminding us that it's like, let's kind of nudge into, you know, getting a little more organized like this. So that's. But yeah, you got to commit all these things, I think, can work if you're committed to making them work. If you're just kind of like half half assing it, it's often these tools don't work and then you hate the tool, but you realize like, actually, I probably didn't do it properly, you know, so I didn't give it a fair shake. But um but yeah, um, yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, I, I can't believe we're already at the one hour mark. Yeah, that did not feel like it was one hour. <laughs> yeah. Like before, before we, before we kind of like uh, start to wrap things up, one thing we like to ask all of our guests is like, how did you guys come up with the name? Oh man. Uh, well, I think we both have different stories, but it's so long ago and it is kind of like we've, you know, I, we've been sort of toying with changing the name, but I think it's one of those things where so many people know us as that it, we've had a hard time um, rebranding. But um, we were basically, I think we were just starting out and we had maybe just filmed uh, one wedding or something and we didn't know what we were really doing. And then we were looking at the footage all excited because like we did, we, you know, actually filmed something. Um, and I think John was like, wow, we really captured the moment. And then we both looked at each other and we're like, huh? That's and it was this really, really goofy, corny moment. But then I guess it just stuck. And then we just started calling ourselves that. Um, I think it does kind of um, represent who we are in the sense that we try to do stuff that's, um, I mean, we abbreviate, we kind of call ourselves CTM, I think more often to kind of keep it more casual and fun. But I think we try to create uh and authenticity and everything we do and we try to make it um feel honest even in our commercial work we don't want to have work that's super um you know corporate-y and really like uh, uh you know we want to we want things to feel a little bit more like in the moment and a little bit more candid and um but like also you know really thought out and well planned out so um i guess that's kind of why we have our name that's what we have it but uh yeah Nice. It's it, like yeah, a lot of the. It's always nice to hear these stories of like how it's sometimes it's always like a simple thing in passing where people came up with the name. Sometimes it surprises us how simple it is or how complex it can be. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish we had like a proper marketing person to guide us when we first started up. We were just a couple dudes, uh, you know, just being like, I don't know, we'll go with this, and then it kind of stuck. But uh, same yeah, with us. Same exact. Same exact story. A couple of dudes were like, we got to come up with a name. <laughs> we got to get it started. Because it's it's funny you mentioned you thought about rebranding because we've thought about it many times before. And then it's like, do we really also want to add a lot more work to redoing everything that we've done? Everyone knows us by this name. And especially you guys, you've been around for like 12 years. Like if you were to change your name, like how confused are people are going to be that have worked with you in the past? Bro, like, not just not just people, but Google. <laughs> Google is like, like, who are you guys? What the hell? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, so often, usually I ask clients in the call, I'm like, uh, how did you guys find us? And yeah, usually 
it's Google. I mean, you know, we get a lot of referrals too and things like that, but if it's a brand new client, it's often like, well, I searched you and I'm, you know, we pop up pretty fast. And if you change your name and you got into all that, it can don't make Google mad. it'll take you, it'll take you years to get back. Don't even try it. Don't even think yeah. about it. <laughs> Google will get upset if you make it mad with this. It's like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> Throw you at the bottom of the Google search results. <laughs> and they'll do it. That's not a threat. Tony Soprano. <laughs> uh yeah totally <laughs> awesome well this is fun guys thanks for having me on it was uh it was really great to talk to you guys yeah, likewise thank you for yeah. joining us you know like uh, honestly like thank you for sharing your story and uh you know like it's it's crazy to hear like all these like interesting backgrounds of how everyone kind of got started and as we mentioned before in previous episodes you know it's like we've all had similar struggles and it's sometimes funny to just you know geek out about it even at times right yeah well that's the thing i mean my my uh um especially when covid hit and you're not out as much it's like my poor wife uh she's the only person i can vent to or talk to <laughs> she's just like, i've heard all these things a thousand times and i'm not like yes, hey, yes. <laughs> that's what they say they, they always yeah. go like i know you told me already you told me this she's story three up. times already in the last three months so come on totally well when you're and I used to work on a TV show and we had like our, you know, like it was people would have like smoke breaks or they'd go outside and they'd talk and because we were still kind of in a, in a space, but, but like this kind of work, especially too, like if you're an editor or if you're like spend a lot of your time, you know, away from the office, like there's nobody to vent to, nobody to talk to, nobody to share stories with. And um, so it's great to be able to talk to other guys that have been in similar situations. It makes you feel like, you know, whatever I'm doing, I, other people have been through and, uh, you know, I can get some tips or I can get some, I can just relate to somebody and it kind of just makes it easier to keep trucking through all of it. So, yeah. We're not alone. We're, like we all go through, like, I feel like all production companies go through like 90, 90 to 95% of the same issues and challenges. You know, if everyone thinks it's unique to them, it's like, it is unique nope. to them, but it's not a unique issue. You know, like, oh, <laughs> Your pain and yeah. suffering is common. We've all it's, gone it's through it. Well, yeah. And you sort of get to a point with some things where you try a bunch of stuff and you go like, there's just no solution. Like, hey, this is just the way it is. And then you kind of have to stop yourself and go, there's got to be a solution. And thankfully, like with things like this, with podcasts, hopefully somebody hears this podcast and they go, Calendly, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, <laughs> so there's little things that... Uh, I'm convinced I'm convinced you work for Calendly because you keep mentioning it <laughs> too many it after every like 10 minutes oh man <laughs> go through great. Your client list. yeah yeah <laughs> no, I need to have like I need to have like their sticker on my uh on my coffee and I'm just discreetly drinking up but uh but we no I mean so much too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like yeah, the, I feel like we actually have to mention in this uh, <laughs> on YouTube. It's like this episode is not sponsored, not sponsored. by Cal- <laughs> but you can be. It's gonna get, but we can. <laughs> We're accepting um, but, uh, proposals, Calendly. <laughs> yeah, totally. But no, I mean that's 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 why it's great. And thanks again for doing this, guys, because I think these are the kinds of things that build a community, but also just like, it just gives people resources to like be more successful and if other filmmakers can get tips from other people's experiences and, and help grow their business, it only sort of helps us all. Right. So, um, so yeah, thanks guys. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Thank, Thank you again for coming on. Thanks again. And uh, we'll, we'll be in touch, you know, we'll, we'll check in again in a year 
and see where that uh, creative project is at, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes, exactly. I'll uh, I'll make something good up to make it sound like we did it. We're yeah. holding you accountable, <laughs> so now you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank Take you. Care.